0: I uh, I tweaked my neck. What'd you just do? Sleeping, sleeping. Mm-hmm. I literally woke up, woke up Sunday morning in bed and like turned and my neck has been completely tweaked. Yeah, you so, and your
1: extracurriculars, you have a lot of neck movement, as they say. This, uh, <laughs> this
0: is just what it's like being in your 30s, I think, unfortunately, yeah, which well, is really a shame.
1: Tweak neck. That's always tough. That's always tough. Cool. Look in one direction cool. or the other.
0: It probably didn't help that, you know, I spent all day Saturday on the couch. Mm -hmm. I don't think that really helps for like exercising your neck, so to speak. But I mean, wow, what a day. What a day in college football for week two. Um, Incredible. Like like those Saturday is exactly what makes college football amazing because we had epic upsets. We had top 10 teams going down. Just incredible games like Saturday to me was exactly why all of us love college football so much. 100%,
1: Hundred percent, man. The upsets. The uh, I mean, even if it wasn't straight out upsets, I think everyone in the top twenty five lost against the spread. So it was a huge day, very exciting. And uh, let's go over it.
0: No way. Seriously, is that? I I didn't really pay attention. Everyone in the top twenty five didn't cover.
1: I believe so. I saw a tweet that said uh, that had every team in the top twenty five. Yeah, not covering against the spread. Obviously, they a lot of them won straight up. But yeah, ATS. O for whatever the top twenty five played this weekend.
0: Wow. Wow, incredible, man. Yeah. I mean, and, and we got to start off with Alabama, Texas. I mean, wow, what a game. Uh, Texas just played their hearts out, especially on defense. Alabama did not play well. I mean, the penalties were ridiculous. I've, I've never seen a Saban team commit so many penalties and be so undisciplined, but that game was just incredible. And if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, or frankly, if Hudson Card is healthy, like Texas might win that game, honestly.
1: Uh, I, I kind of had this feeling the whole time Texas was going to blow it. I almost tweeted that. I'm gonna, I am was I was going to say, uh, <laughs> okay, so it's like when Texas was driving or up, I was just going to tweet like, Texas is going to blow this, right? Like they're going to find a way to lose this, right? Um, yep. I, I did tweet though on my uh, show's Twitter account, uh, Sports Betting Daily, the other podcast I do, a uh, poll. And I asked people, do they give Alabama a downgrade or Texas a bigger upgrade? Like which one's more? And uh, hmm. Texas bigger upgrade was a slight winner, which I actually agree with because if you look at... The two teams, I mean, Alabama could have been flat, could have been the first week. You don't really know the Saban team. I trust Nick Saban and Alabama to improve steadily and, and become that elite team. Texas, though, I think they showed us they're for real. And I think that was a lot more about Texas showing up than it was about Alabama underperforming.
0: Interesting. See, I like, I definitely, I'm not downgrading Alabama, but to me, Well both should be like done. Al- both
1: should be done. My, my whole question is which should be done more. I think that we downgrade right. Alabama and I think we upgrade Texas, but I think we should definitely, yeah, I think we should pump the brakes on yeah. it. But yeah, what do you think?
0: Texas gets a massive upgrade, but like the, my, I think the point I would like it for me is that Alabama clearly just didn't play a good game and yeah, Texas was going to be in it. I think kind of regardless, but it, Alabama played a bad game and still came out on top just because that's how good Alabama is. Texas definitely massive upgrade, especially, you know, how they, how they showed up on defense, um, how they fought in that game. They played really great. And so I'm, I mean, Texas for sure should get upgraded, but to me I would downgrade Alabama more if I felt like they played a good game and still almost, you know, and still almost lost. But to me, they just like, they just looked off, you know, they couldn't run the ball.
1: Totally. And And it was one of Saban's um, few games on the road, true road games. Uh, By the way, I'm getting over COVID. I may keep my responses short here.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, look, the missed field goal at the end costly for Texas. Um it's a moral victory for sure, but I, it also actually feels dangerous because I feel like Texas can come out of this and say like we should have won or we could have if we had a healthy quarterback and now Quinn Ewers is out 4 to 6 weeks. Like Texas needs to stay focused and not let one loss turn into a few like they did last
2: year. Like they, yeah. they can't
1: snowball for 100%. That. And we'll, we'll see how Sark responds. I think Hudson Carr deserves
2: a lot, a lot of credit for how he played. Even though Quinn Ewers went down, um, I thought he, you know he was he was banged up the entire game, and I think he did all he could. And um, my takeaway from the game—sorry, I'm joining a little late—just uh, was was getting some technical things worked out. But uh, um, I thought uh, Bryce Young didn't uh, didn't play that great, yeah. to be honest with you. And maybe it says more about Texas than Alabama, like you said.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're just going to find out more as the week goes on. You know, I mean, same thing with uh, that week one win for Ohio State seemed really big against Notre Dame, and now we don't really know what that is anymore because Notre sure. Dame loses to Marshall at home. I yeah. mean, things are things are bad for the Marcus Freeman era. It's not a hot start. He's now 0-3 as a head coach, loses his first one at home to a team that he was favored by, like, 20 points. Um, I, I'm, I'm worried about Marcus Freeman's future at Notre Dame.
2: Uh, I mean, maybe it's a little early. Um, they did have, who's their starting quarterback. He just went down, um, season Um, ending injury or Buckner or something like that. Yeah. So it came through that, that he's done for the year that he needs surgery. But, uh, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Obviously not the start that Notre Dame wanted, but that's college football, man. Marcus Freeman, fire
1: him, fire him. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to call <laughs> for that yet, but like, man, if
0: like, I, I wonder about how he's going to keep that number one recruiting class together. Uh, if, if things continue down this road and all like, what a perfect flip from week one where everyone's shitting on, Brian Kelly and saying like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like Notre Dame, Notre Dame fans, not all of them. A lot of Notre Dame fans were like cheering that on saying, see, we're better off with Marcus Freeman. And now, you know, I don't know if that's so true anymore. So
1: all this is just an evidence as to why we don't overreact to one week, whether it's week one or week 10. For sure. Um, Now, week one we can obviously over overreact, overreact a little more because it's our first game of the season but you know everyone thought that Notre Dame's here to stay Notre Dame wow look at that defense That was probably more about Ohio State the week before being flat than it was Notre Dame being amazing and that's like a theme so that I want to do early in the season is pick out which team to blame or give credit for for these games that's what I did with the Texas Bama game that's what I do with the Ohio State uh, Notre Dame game if we can identify the team that kind of made that happen it's going to help us in the future uh, betting on or against those teams
0: yeah, totally agree, man. And then we had the other massive upset. App State does it again. They take down Texas A&M on the road. I mean, wow. Texas AM, I, you know, Tyler, you were right to say, Hey, what has Jimbo Fisher done? We were talking about this preseason and maybe I over, you know, have overestimated him a little bit there. Um, it, they clearly have talent or they have talent coming in, but that was just a horrible game from AM on on offense especially. But even the defense, I mean, they they had no time of possession because they were just letting App State was just doing like twelve minute drives and dominating the time of possession. And for them to go into, you know, uh college station and get that win at Cowfield, I mean, like bad, bad loss for A and M.
1: Yeah. Uh, how many people out there you think uh, snuck Texas A&M in their parlays just as like, an automatic win to get it up a little so bit? Many. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many. <laughs> so many.
0: I mean, how much money would you have won if you had done a parlay of... You know, App State winning, uh, Marshall winning, and what was it? Washington State upsetting, you know, uh, Wisconsin. That if that if you picked those three money lines on a parlay, you you had a really special day. Yeah, I wouldn't have nostrils anymore. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, incredible man. Um, What what an epic Saturday! And and you know, that's a bad one for a And still, I'm not ready to be. Some people are like writing off. You know, like I saw a lot of people comparing. Um, Jimbo Fisher's record to uh, who is the someone's Kevin someone the previous head coach and I don't really think that's fair honestly because I think things were in a really bad position when when uh, when he got there and the recruiting the talent is going to pay off but they have to figure out the offense the quarterback well, play was he, not good
1: but he's also got to figure out how to win in the SEC and I mean this this is past right. App State because it's App State but you know, Jimbo Fisher for a lot of the years in in Florida State did that in a down SEC. That was before Clemson had gotten to their level. I mean, that's still when it was like Miami battling with them. So uh, he's got to prove to me he can do it in a real conference over the long haul. Uh, But will I did the math on that? The parlay would have paid nearly four hundred to one. (laughs) Holy shit! Can I ask you guys? A hundred bucks wins uh, forty-one grand. Yeah.
2: A quick question about Jimbo. is Jimbo – do you guys feel that Jimbo is that coach or did he just come across Jameis Winston at Florida State?
0: I mean, I don't know. I like the, Maybe the, he got a national championship because he came across Jameis, but he had a lot of really good Florida State teams there. Okay. It wasn't just like a one-off thing. Like, he was successful there for a long time until the end. And AM and m is – I mean, Tyler's right. Winning in the ACC is not the same thing as winning in the SEC. Yeah, and we're I agree see, with that as well. You know, how, how much more he can do and, and – you know, the number one recruiting class, like this is when things may start to pay off for them moving forward. But again, like we just haven't seen it yet from them outside of like the occasional, yeah, they beat Alabama last year. I think Um, there's a couple of
1: things that we should look at. Okay. In college football. And we saw this with Dabo Sweeney for years. I would say the most underlooked, most important thing that no one talks about is the coaching staff around the head coach. And uh, uh, yep. Bobby Bowden left gold mine after gold mine after gold mine when Florida State was taken over by uh, by uh, Jimbo Fisher. So he had yep. an elite coaching staff around him. What I think Jimbo Fisher's done is he's gotten himself to the top of the mountain in terms of recruiting, but he's fallen back with X's and O's and surrounding himself with good coaching talent. So. It's people like Nick Saban who've learned to do everything well, and I think that Jimbo Fisher's focus so hyper on recruiting that everything else is kind of uh, uh, gotten a little worse around him.
0: Yeah, maybe I agree. I mean, I I think I like the the defensive coordinator Harry brought in and DJ Durkin, but you know we'll see how the offense looks moving forward. Because to me, that's the big. I think that they will figure the defense out. I mean, yeah, not great giving up you know 17 to App State at home, but if you told me. You know, A is in a game where they, they only give up 17 points. You're probably expecting them to win, yeah. And so, 100%. Uh, disappointing from the offense. Um, Baylor loses on the road at BYU. Tyler and I both wrong there. By the way, um, Tyler went two and one this week. Uh, his picks continue to be hot. He's eight and four on the season. I finally had a winning weekend. I went six and five, and I'm not counting the Texas first quarter bet as a win because even though the number was out there at seven at some places, I feel like the consensus was like six six and a half and so i'm not going to count it as a win so but i did have a winning weekend i'm still below 500 but um, you know that uh, that that BYU one hurt honestly in overtime because i really felt like Baylor was the well, better team there a huge win we for can't BYU do
1: that i always tell you you can't do that because if you're going to do that then you got to say <laughs> we should have never won the tennessee game right? Because Tennessee <laughs> goes to <laughs> overtime. True. So we can't just like ignore... Well, it wasn't just
0: the overtime. I wasn't saying just because it went to overtime. No, it was but, more but, just... But, I but was this surprised is, at that.
1: And that's not for you. This is for the audience, too, because a lot of people do that, right? They ignore the lucky winners, like the ones we should have yep. lost, like Tennessee covering by six in overtime. My God. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. Baylor, like, you know, losing overtime, and that's what everyone wants to talk about. So it's going to happen both ways. You just got to, yep. you know, accept it and move on. It was tough. I'd like to win that, but I would, I'd also, you know, like the Tennessee result, and I'll take that. So...
0: Yeah, no doubt, and that was a great game too. Like ten, ten. There were times in that game where both team looked like the, you know, one team looked better, and then the next quarter the other team would look better. By the and way, so, well,
1: uh, for my record, uh, I have t- I'm counting our bet boards for our total records this year. I went two and two this week, and I have me. I was uh, seven and three before that week, so I'm now nine and five total.
2: Oh, okay, okay.
1: Uh, gotcha. So, I think so I'm, so I'm at
0: eleven mind. and fifteen. So if I'm doing my math right, um,
1: which so you, not did you great, go six? But, so you went six and five this weekend. Six, dude, six and five. Dude, dude, yeah, you're back. You're back,
0: man. <laughs> i'm back on one game over five yes, that's, will it. is back
2: that's what it
0: <laughs> I will take it. Um, Texas is back. Will is back. Uh, Kentucky's <laughs> back. Kentucky's back and Florida is not And a perfect example. Tyler, of you saying don't overreact the whole world, including me, I think overreacted a little bit to Florida. I still think Florida is a good team. And I think Anthony Richardson is great, but like that was the perfect game for everyone to check everyone's expectation on Florida. It's they got bumped up to 12 for seemingly no reason, which we talked about last week. And Kentucky goes in there and gets a, a huge win uh, and completely shuts down the Florida offense. It's
1: just groundhog day every year. Weeks two, weeks three, you're just going to get people overreacting to the first week. And look, I will, sure. give you, I will give you credit because you, uh, you had Louisville plus six, and they yeah. looked awful at Syracuse. UCF looked amazing, and you still took Louisville. So, you know, I like how you kind of dodged that bullet, but it's easy to fall into that trap. And they looked very, very good, came out and looked flat last weekend. But, you know, that's how it goes sometimes.
2: I
0: think maybe, too, they kind of like emptied the drawer a little bit against Utah and then didn't have didn't have like any tricks up their sleeve potentially against Kentucky. That's kind of the vibe I got on offense because the offense just didn't look good. Anthony Richardson didn't look good. He wasn't accurate. It was like two completely different games from him week to week. And yeah, Louisville uh, got the win. And so they're back alive and, and bettable on my board each week, which I don't know if that's a good thing. I almost was, was looking forward to having mm-hmm. them be a team that I could, could refuse to bet on moving forward, but big yeah, win that, for the Cardinal.
2: That game to me was the quintessential um, example of a week two letdown. Oh yeah, for sure. And yep.
0: I'm honestly, and just a good reminder of who, who Mark Stoops is. Cause he's now, I think Kentucky had lost like 30 straight games to Florida before he got there. And then like during his first couple of years there, he's now won three, of the last five, I believe. And, uh, I got, and, I got a new you know,
1: nickname for anyone born, uh, in the, uh, in the eighties or earlier. Uh, pre Kentucky, who, who watched uh, Hey Arnold? the 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 uh, TV show Hey Arnold, which most the uh-huh. audience is gonna have no idea what that is. Uh, yeah, maybe. Th- yeah, I'm gonna call him Stoops Kid stoop kids afraid to leave his stoop.
0: stoop kids afraid to leave a stoop well he wasn't afraid to leave a stoop because he went out on the road got a huge win so kid, uh, yeah. but i do love that stoop kid was great yeah. uh wisconsin falls to washington state at home bad loss this is exactly what what concerned me about wisconsin going into the year everyone picked them as the favorite in the big 10 west and to me like they just have issues especially on offense um, again, I, I don't know that Paul Christ is the guy and I'm, I'm worried about the future of the Badgers there. Cause honestly, you know, look, hot start f- for the Washington state Cougars. I'm happy for them, but Wisconsin shouldn't lose that game. They shouldn't no. lose that game at all.
1: Yeah. It was a uh, bad showing by Wisconsin. I think Washington state's actually a little better than people think, but here's what happens is in, in, in general, people across the country, see a PAC 12 team and there's a downgrade or there's a negative, you know, reaction. So Arizona is better this year. Washington State is better this year. USC is now in the top 10. Like the Pac 12 is the worst Power Five conference, but they've got some teams in there still.
0: Yeah. And US, look at USC. They went in and they almost gave up the backdoor cover to Stanford, uh, but they got up big. And to me, like US, that was a perfect example of what USC is going to be this year. They're going to score a ton of points in Lincoln Riley's offense, and the defense is not great. And they're going to be in absolute shootouts constantly. Hey,
1: just like, but, like you last couple of years. Exactly, and and, and
0: I uh, honestly, I think USC has a really good chance at running the table and, and going to the playoff. That's I, that's really how I feel about that. You
1: know what? That's funny. You're saying that now because I believe three weeks ago you laughed me off the air uh, when I when I said <laughs> <laughs> no. I was like, no, I didn't. No way. I,
0: didn't? USC was my pick to win the Pac-12 in the preseason.
1: Maybe maybe. Uh... I'm you a, were the one and maybe you I'm hallucinating you're like mad at me that I didn't pick
0: Utah and I still like Utah. I, my, I, what I said <laughs> was the winner of the USC Utah game oh, okay. is going to win uh, the PAC uh, 12. That's, that's I
1: think I'm hallucinating from my COVID exposure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, yeah, you're long hauling, you're delusional. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. But yeah, I mean, look, big win for, for the Trojans again to go. Cause at Stanford is actually a place where USC has not done well recently,
1: but we and, got it. But uh, we got, but that's a good indicate uh, a good point. When you've got, you know, I think it's so funny when people use trends, you know, like uh this team is, oh, and whatever, if it's a new coach, new system, throw that away, throw that out the door, in my opinion, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree for the most part. Like there, there are some rules where I feel like, yeah, you know, like, but you're definitely right. When a new coach comes in, things change, especially when you go from Clay Helton to, uh, to you know, uh, Lincoln Riley. Speaking of Clay Helton, Georgia Southern gets the win <laughs> wow. uh, against N- Nebraska, and Scott Frost is fired. R.I.P. Scott Frost. I mean, Pretty I know boy. this makes this makes you happy as a Nebraska hater, Tyler, but I actually don't think you like ru- truly dislike Scott
1: Frost. No, no, uh, he's uh, he was great at UCF, and I'm just glad he brought that program down. He, we did, He did his job. He was sent in there as a mole to destroy it from the inside, <laughs> and he did a great job of it covert ops uh, a exactly. to destroy his alma mater. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, I, honestly, Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien's going to get a head, a head coaching job. And then Scott Frost is going to be offensive coordinator of Alabama next year. I'm yeah. just calling it right now.
1: <laughs> That's great.
2: Well, yeah. and, 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 and to bring up, uh, retired coaches, I know they said it on the broadcast a couple of times, but Gary Patterson made, uh, made, made his strong case. And, uh, In the Texas-Alabama game.
0: No doubt. Uh, Here's the thing. I I, I definitely think the addition of Gary Patterson to the Texas staff is a big deal, but, like, people are – all he is is an analyst, and everyone is, like, giving him the credit for that defense. I mean, he had a good run at TCU. He did, but, like, the last, like, five years, he didn't have a very good defense in my Ah, opinion. He's supposed to be, like, a defensive mind. I'm not saying he'd be a bad fit at Nebraska. In fact, I think he'd probably be a pretty solid fit at Nebraska. Um, But I think that maybe people are heaping on almost too much praise – to the defensive performance for a guy who isn't even calling the plays. He's just an analyst. And so maybe True. he's helping with the game plan and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, and, and he should be getting more credit here. But he definitely is a name that should be thrown in the mix for the Nebraska head coaching job. I think that's definitely legit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I uh, who knows what Nebraska's going to do? You know, they've got a lot of ways <laughs> to Meyer. But But I think ne- Meyer. Nebraska <laughs> is delusional. They think their brand is a lot bigger than it really is, you know? Uh, Agreed. I, when's the last time they were competitive?
0: Well, they, I, 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 what I would say is Early you're right. they're, not as, they're not as good as what they think they are, but their brand is big. They have the brand. And mm. so that should help with like NIL stuff. Like it is a huge brand. They have a big following, big fans, big stadium, all that shit. But you're right. Their expectations are Nebraska of the nineties, which is ridiculous, but,
1: but, right? I mean, it depends, it depends how you define brand. Um, they've got one of the biggest fan bases in the country for sure. They've got right. one of the most loyal local markets for sure. Right. But Yep. I think nationally, if you ask, if we were to you know ask people in Alabama, Florida, the Northwest, Pac-12 country, you know, is is Nebraska considered a top twenty five program? I don't know how many people aged eighteen to thirty would say, "Oh my gosh, yes!" Like Very we good we point. we think of the old stuff because you know that's what we saw. But I think that it's it's a lot of people may say Clemson's a better program now than than Nebraska. You know, younger people clearly.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I do. They do have like the branding like stuff you know, just being popular, but that doesn't translate to wins on the field clearly. Right, right. And I actually feel bad for Scott Frost because that's tough to go back to your alma mater and, and clearly want to win and just not succeed because now, you know, I mean, I, what does that guy do now? I don't know. That's brutal, but at least he got his, his big payout because if they if they waited another like three weeks to fire him, the, the buyout was like $7 million
2: less. So, you know, well, that's off to him. And I know we talk a lot of uh, crap about Nebraska on this show, but, um, and we've also talked about it in the past, like how many single digit games did Scott Frost lose? Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, a ton, especially and all of his losses last year were single digits. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he lost a lot of close games, but again, like, like that's indicative of who you are as a coach, right? You can't get, you can't close sure. the deal, so to speak again, like last year, I, I thought they would be much better this year just based off how they did last year. And so I am a little surprised with that, but ultimately you are who you are. If he goes back to a, a small Florida school, like, you know, USF for F, you know, FAMU or whatever it is, FAU. I think he can succeed where he has talent and runs his system his offensive system. But I think he'd be, he's a prime candidate for the uh, Nick Saban school of broken toys um, to go and, and, and be the offensive coordinator and then get a head coaching job in two years. Yeah, I think so. so. We'll somewhere
1: like that. I think so. Uh,
0: the Sihaq game. I finally get a bet board win against Tyler. Job. Uh Iowa State hangs on. I mean, what a disgusting game this was, though. Neither team deserved to win. Uh, Iowa, the only touchdown they scored was because they blocked a punt and recovered it in, like, the five-yard line. Their offense is so bad. Um, Iowa State's isn't much better. They turned the ball over. They, they definitely, you know, put up a lot more yards, but couldn't stop turning the ball over. Uh, Iowa, Iowa is really bad this year. Their offense is not going to keep them in... Many, their defense will keep them in games. Their offense is not going to win them many games.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I were Will, I'd say... Iowa was up 7-3 in the fourth and fumbled on the one-yard line when they were about to score a <laughs> touchdown. How did that not cover? That's football. That's what happens sometimes. You're right. Yep. When when Iowa had to move the football, they couldn't. Spencer Petrus was not uh, his normal, at least the last couple of years, non-turnover self. He only had one pick, but it was a bad pick. And, yep. uh, yeah, I would say it's the win. Now, the question is, Matt Campbell, greatest coach alive or second greatest coach alive after that win?
0: Greatest coach dead or alive, I'd say, <laughs> actually. I mean, clearly with that victory. No, I mean, look, it was just an ugly game. It was entertaining for sure. And, it, yeah. you know, it was a classic Seahawks game. But a bit, at least big win for him because he hasn't won one against Kirk Ference I don't think, his entire time there nah, yet. He's so. now
1: one in five, so...
0: He got the monkey off his back. Um, we had some late games. Mississippi State, uh, you know, it was close with Arizona. You mentioned Arizona. I do think they are an improved team. But Mississippi State kind of blows the doors off them in the second half. And uh solid win for for a late kickoff, you know, going to the, the, the West Coast there for the uh, Bulldogs. Yeah,
1: Mississippi State is uh, finally in their groove.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, any other games you guys wanted to touch on, uh, you know, outside of the ones we talked about? Any other notes you had?
1: Um, I mean, I don't have a ton. Like I said, I thought it was good. The Louisville pick, you, you were onto that. Everybody was on UCF. Um, the, the the Marshall game, you know, I, I think that was... I, I'm not so sure if that was like a hangover, but at, you've got to get your teams ready for those spots. Now, now um, Brian Kelly lost against USF his first year there. I think he started like one and one something yeah. like that and so i mean i don't want to just bury freeman because uh he has a loss or you know three oh he's zero and three first notre dame coach to be on three but it's the way that this is happening and i do want to reiterate right. that like it's it's one thing to struggle and in and, 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 and you know have your team play okay and lose that that's that's fine but to look as unprepared as they did i have serious question right. marks if he's the right higher so i mean it's, it's just the way that, that happened where i i really question marcus freeman
0: if they if they get the right offensive coordinator cuz clearly he runs a good defense and he's a great recruiter and yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the the coaching experience as a head coach. That can come with time. If they can turn things around and win, you know, nine games this year, eight or nine games, I think that he can learn those things. Honestly, I think he can be that. But what is concerning to me is the offense is bad. Uh, if he can get, you know, more points on the board and his defense can do, can do what they're supposed to do, you know, I think over time they can do that because he's clearly a good recruiter. And if he can hang on long enough to keep that number one class together – and and get them in there, they could be really dangerous, but I think they need a better offensive mind calling the plays.
1: And uh, my last,
0: you know, Tommy Reese.
1: My last note here is uh, that what you brought up in the preseason, this whole new chop blocking rule, it is actually impacting service academy teams. I saw both this weekend, Air Force and Army, Air Force with the win, Army with the loss, uh, ended up getting a couple penalties against them with that new chop block rule. So that's something to watch, you know, maybe think about in the future as we're predicting these games that will have an impact on these run heavy teams.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, last note is uh, J.J. McCarthy won the the starting job at Michigan. He outplayed Cade McNamara. Yeah, it was just Hawaii and Colorado State in two games. But right now, Michigan's looking looking real good. I like their chances in the Big Ten uh, to be undefeated going into that Ohio State game. Honestly,
1: there you go. You're going to wear khakis next show.
0: Uh, I might wear khakis. I might. You know, I don't know if we're going to if if we're quarantining still. Uh, I might just wear some sweatpants and tell you I'm wearing khakis because that's go. my, I get to, I have that option.
1: Yeah. Well, we may be, so for the audience out there, we may be doing one more show remotely. Not so sure. I know the audio is not as good, but uh, stay our, Stay tuned on Twitter at S or uh, I almost did my show at CFB underscore you. POD. I know. Well, they're all, they're How so similar. I mean, they're very similar, but it's uh, getting
0: so greedy with his promotion.
1: <laughs> I am another plug uh, at uh, C-F-B, <laughs> CFB underscore POD at CFB underscore pod on Twitter and then uh, college football tailgate on uh, Instagram. Follow us there. We'll let you know what's going on. But uh, yeah, we'll be back back on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, we're going to break down uh, week three's games Wednesday. We got some goodies. So I'm excited about that. We may be in the studio. We may not. But either way, uh, we'll be in your hearts. That's the real important thing. So uh, thank you guys for listening as always. Give us a five star rating on whether you're on Spotify or iTunes. That's another another good way to help the show. So uh, tell your friends and uh, we'll see you guys Wednesday. Thanks for listening.